Hey, my name's Ken Russell. I'm a City of Miami Commissioner, and I'm here to help you better understand your local government. All right, Miami, another edition of the Ken Russell Miami podcast. We are talking once again about environmental concerns. So many of you who have attended cleanups for our bay and our shoreline, our beaches, really understand what we're dealing with, with plastic and debris and microplastics. One of the biggest partners we have in this effort is Debris-Free Ocean. So I'm here to introduce Katie Wax, who's gonna let us know a little bit about this organization and see what we can do to work together here in Miami. Katie, welcome. Thank you, thank you for having me. So tell me about Debris-Free Oceans. What is, what is your role in the organization and, and what does the organization do? Uh, I'm the co-founder and board president of Debris Free Oceans. We were formed about five years ago, basically to come and help solve the issue of plastic pollution. Our mission is inspiring local communities to responsibly manage the life cycle of plastics and waste as part of a global initiative to eradicate marine debris. So we're very focused on educating our community about what it means to consume products and then dispose of them. We've educated schools, upwards of 8,000 students around Miami-Dade County. Uh, we do cleanups in the community. We've picked up over 40,000 pounds of trash around Miami's streets, beaches, and oceans. And we do sustainability consulting with businesses and help uh, businesses transition away from single-use plastics. So as educated consumers, we can visit those businesses that we love to support uh, who have gone plastic-free. Awesome. So five years in the making, you're one of the founders. And how big is the organization? Oh man, the organization has been growing. Uh, we now have a part-time program director uh, who works on all of our programs really diligently. We have a program called the Chef Andrew Scholar Program where we have two Chef Andrew Scholars each year who are out there educating in our community uh, and they receive a stipend for working with Debris Free Oceans. Uh, we're always recruiting more. So if anyone is interested um, and we have a lot of volunteers that show up to all of our events uh, and other people on our board and staff. Our board is small at, at four people, uh, but we have other interns that work with us uh, from the University of Miami and FIU. Um, we're really grateful for them. And how broad geographically is your reach at this point? So we have a lot of interest from other countries, uh, other states and locales in the Florida region. Uh, and so we're always collaborating uh, with those individuals and providing them with the templates that we've developed uh, to really engage people in plastic pollution and environmental education. Um, but we really do focus specifically on Miami-Dade County. Uh, it's where I've been raised. My husband, who's also a co-founder, born and raised here. Uh, we're also a gateway to the international community. So we're very focused on helping Miami do the right thing, getting it right here and moving on to other cities and areas once, once we have uh, established a great uh, plastic-free initiative here in Miami-Dade. Uh-huh. And so if you were to break the problem down into the two parts of, one, trying to mitigate what goes into the bay and the ocean, and two, trying to clean up what's already there, where on the scale of efforts do you spend most of your time, and where do you think the major problem is that we should be tackling right now? 
Is it the debris is inevitable? Let's find better ways to clean it up. Or do you think there's actual steps that we can take from a local, personal, professional, and governmental angle to reduce or eliminate plastics in our ocean? We definitely focus on the mitigation reduction side of things. We do host cleanups, but our cleanups are mostly focused on engaging people who aren't familiar with the plastic problem. So they'll be incentivized to end up reducing plastics because ultimately uh, plastic pollution is like cleaning up your house when you have a faucet that won't stop running. You can continue to mop forever, but the faucet is still on. So we need to turn that faucet off of plastic pollution and then mop up the mess that we've made once we can reduce the amount of plastics entering our ocean. Metaphor. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. So we do a lot of education about the plastic pollution problem. But one of our favorite initiatives that we've been working on is working with local municipalities to set up voluntary plastic-free certification programs for businesses in the community. So not only us as individual consumers can make the right choice, but businesses, uh, their impact is even wider spread than consumers. They can do the right thing. And then consumers, we can support those businesses. And then ultimately our framework, how we see it is a, government and policy is really a reflection of our society's morals. And so once as consumers and as businesses, we really start to reflect that environmentally conscious lifestyle, uh, policy can more easily follow to just kind of put a stamp on how society feels things should be run. So we like to help the consumer and then the business, and then we like to follow up with the policy uh, as a nice little package uh, layered cake, I guess, if you, if you want more metaphors. I like that, you know, a lot of municipalities or crusading legislators have their heart in the right place, but without that sort of wraparound holistic community and business buy-in, You can be one, just writing legislation in a vacuum or actually writing legislation that's preempted and and technically illegal, which looks really good and you get the headline, but you can't actually enforce it and you can get sued and challenged by business and higher jurisdictions of government. Um, A lot of the bans that, that cities want to implement fall under that category. And I've had to, you know, thread a needle in writing legislation to make sure that my legislation sticks because I don't want the headline. I want to actually have something that makes a difference. For example, when I did a ban on glyphosate and Roundup use, I could not legislate the sale of that. I mm-hmm. could have tried and passed an ordinance, but it would have failed and been challenged. So instead, I, I limited it to governmental use because I knew that's where I had a jurisdiction. And it actually had a huge impact. 5,000 gallons a year from one of our departments was going into the streets and sidewalks just to kill weeds. And of course, all that goes into the bay. Same thing with styrofoam. We realized how limited we were there. So we limited it in our parks. We banned styrofoam so that people couldn't bring styrofoam coolers in our parks and things like that. But yeah, legislation is tricky if you want to get the right buy-in and make it stick. So I'm also interested in what you talked about a second ago with regard to voluntary efforts. And some would think, you know, that's just not going to happen because business wants to cut costs and plastic is often the cheapest solution. What success have you had in getting business to buy in voluntarily in reducing plastic? 
So what many businesses don't realize is that it's actually very cost effective to switch from disposable plastics to reusables. Over time, they end up saving money and can recover their costs rather quickly. And in order to help businesses realize this, we actually created a tool on our website, which was graciously funded by the city of Miami Beach to essentially calculate for businesses based on their type of business, their capacity, and the materials they were using, how quickly they can recover their investment, um, how much material they would need to purchase to move from disposables to reusables, and then how much money they would save the first year and then subsequent years. Um, So those tools are freely available on our website if anyone wants to use them, or we have people on staff that can help businesses for free of cost go through this analysis because we want to help every single business get to the point where they can make that switch. So you've got tools on your website for businesses to look at. That's great. What, what is the website exactly? Uh, www.debrisfreeoceans.org slash sustainability hyphen consulting. You'll see all of them there. Uh, We also have a tool on our website that provides a responsible products guide. And so what we view as responsible products are essentially products that can be broken down in the natural environment. Uh, There's many products out there that are labeled compostable, uh, but you really have to be cautious of what that really means. For example, a lot of the times those compostable plastic looking cups require going to an industrial composting facility. We currently do not have those in the state of Florida, so it doesn't make a ton of sense to switch to that type of material. So the materials that we have on our responsible products guide are things that can be broken down in a backyard compost, which we have community composts available in the Miami area. So we promote those products. So if anyone needs needs to go to the disposable route rather than the reusable, which we recommend always reusable, uh, we have a list of products on our website that they can find with minimum order quantity requirements, minimum pricing, so they can get all that information there as well. So I was having lunch yesterday at a very responsible restaurant in my district, in Brickell actually, and I won't name them because it sparked a negative thought in my head or experience. And I'm wondering if you've, you've come across this and how we deal with this moving forward. So I got my orange juice and it had a paper straw. And I thought, what a great, you know, clearly there's no rule that they have to do this, but they're doing it. First of all, it came in a giant disposable plastic cup. Clearly there was way more plastic in that cup than there was even in the original straw that they eliminated. Thank God they switched the straw, but I hear all about, let's get rid of straws. What about the plastic cups? And then as I'm thinking this, I go to drink from it. And because of the orange juice and the paper on the straw, my lips stuck to the paper straw. And as I pulled away, it tore my lip. And my point here is, has the technology, you know, caught up yet to say, all right, we're ready to go to plastic alternatives. Is the technology there yet for an effective non-plastic straw that doesn't melt in the drink or stick to your lip? And then what do we do to go beyond just the straw and eliminate the cup as well? Right. So the cup is challenging because you have the paper cup option, but often it's lined with plastic. Uh, So that has been a challenging one. Um, And the paper straws, they're hit or miss. The ones on our guide, I think are great. 
So you picked winners already. You've said, all right, these companies are making a really good straw. I think they're good, but I do know that paper can often be unpreferred. But what I always like to remind people is that straws aren't absolutely necessary for most people to consume beverages. So you can just not use one. But what I also like to think about is rather than retaining our existing systems and structure of disposable items, can we set up a new system within Miami that would allow for reusables to enter the stream? So what I mean by this, for example, there's a company out in Portland that essentially provides reusable to go to containers to a bunch of different companies that all opt into this program. As people take the uh, beverage or the food to go, it's in a reusable container. And then there are reusable receptacles all over the city. So people can leave with their to-go item, consume it, and then bring the receptacle back to the uh, location where they then are washed and then redistributed to the participating restaurants. So in my mind, this could potentially be a new area for innovation. Um, it could be a way to employ more people in a service type industry, um, servicing these restaurants with reusable to go containers. It kind of veers away from your original question, has the technology gotten there? I think in many ways, yes, but I think we have to fully analyze the life cycle of every item that we're looking mm. at. You know, maybe we switch to paper, but then we have to think, where is this paper coming from? Um, are we harming forests uh, as a switch from this plastic? And I, I really believe that there's no real true right one way to do anything. I think it's a complex mix of many different solutions that likely have to come into play to form a balanced I'm clearly into the holistic vision of things. Long-winded answer, technology is getting better, but we may not want to crutch on one specific technology. Um, and perhaps we can innovate even further with some service-based initiatives locally. Interesting. Now, would that be a shared straw that gets washed and someone else uses later? Please say no. So straws might not be the best <laughs> candidate. Um, silverware to go bowls, cups, maybe uh-huh. it kind of similar to, did you ever hear of the concept of loop? It was, uh, an initiative that's actually being born by some really large brands, um, that are found commonly in the grocery store. And they're basically starting to package their products in reusable aluminum and kind of like the milkman, uh, sure version. You, they, return it. you can return it and they refill it and restock the stores. Now, what's the incentive for the end user to do it? Do they get a discount or a cashback or a discount on the next purchase? How does it incentive? How are they incentivized to do that? Good question. I'm not actually sure, potentially incentivized on the uh, environmental benefits, but I think that's a good question. We should figure that out. They may, they may be leaning on someone's incentive for greater good. Yeah. Money always helps too. Like, yeah, I mean, Money even the Coke help. bottles, when you would return a Coke bottle in the old days, you, you could get that five cent deposit or whatever. I'm curious about that. I see all these good intentions. And until we finish that, you know, that cycle, that if there's like a one missing link or cog in the wheel, the whole thing doesn't turn. And I know some business owners who are incredibly 
environmentally conscious, but they're still using plastic straws. And I say, why? Come on, why? And they're like, it's not there yet for me. And I, I want to keep my customers happy. And I don't believe in it yet. And this and that. There's always some, some reason. So I'd love to, to learn more and help sort of bridge that gap to get that buy-in. And I think that's maybe where government or government agencies or not-for-profits can maybe help a little bit between some of the services and products that are out there and some of the hopefully willing consumers being businesses that would buy them and utilize them in their, in their companies to reduce waste. I'd love to work with you on that specifically within, let's say as a pilot program in the, in the Coconut Grove Business Improvement District. I am a chairman there. It's a board of nine local stakeholders of restaurateurs, hoteliers, uh, retail shop owners, and our job is to help business be successful and responsible in Coconut Grove. There's over 200 businesses that we work with in the Grove. I would love to take on a, a voluntary concept that incentivizes them to do environmental good and get recognized for it. So you have a specific program I can tie into that accomplishes that? Yes, definitely. Um, our campaign initiative, Plastic Free Cities, this would be a perfect way to roll that out. We piloted this program in collaboration with the city of Miami Beach. They have a Plastic Free MB program. So we could do something like a Plastic Free CG program. I'm also a Coconut Grove resident, so I would be especially happy to work on this and work with the businesses here. Um, but there's a, a whole program that we can work on together with tiered uh, levels of engagement for businesses uh, so they can get in at various levels uh, based on their ability to cut out specific single-use plastics. And we can reward them and recognize them for that. Debris Free Oceans does a significant amount of social media engagement around these businesses that engage in these programs so that uh, they can get the recognition from the community that they deserve. I am totally in. I will bring this to our next board meeting of the Coconut Grove bid. I would love for you to present to them oh, great. what's involved with getting on board. And uh, yeah, we'd love, I'd love to use that as a pilot program for the entire city of Miami. If it works there, yes. it can work in any one of the bids in the downtown core or the city as a whole. That could have an impact. I, I think creating an incentive and, and recognition, especially when consumers are trying to be responsible in their choices, they want to shop at stores and restaurants uh, that believe what they believe and actually practice that. So I think that's a great initiative. You've got me. I'm in and we'll Yay. do it. Awesome. It'll be a board decision, but I'm happy to present it to the board <laughs> from how they've gone on ideas like this before. I think we will get a warm reception. So I look forward to that. Thank awesome. you. I'm excited. Yeah, that'll be fun. And, you know, there's lots we can do with it. We can, can create a map of all of the businesses that are part of the program and we can do a little food tour, do a bunch of fun things. So I'm excited. I love it. Wow. Well, this is a great start. Um, I look forward to working with, with you on this and I'll give an update to our audience as it goes. And um, if somebody would like to participate in a cleanup that you all are organizing, how can they find you? They can find us on social media. Uh, go to Debris Free Oceans on Facebook and Instagram. We post all of our events there. So uh, we hope that you'll come out soon. We have a scuba cleanup coming up soon. We've been doing a lot of kayak cleanups. So everything is socially distant and mask wearing. And so uh, we limit the group numbers. So make sure to RSVP and sign up. Hey, Wax, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for everything you're doing for our ocean and our bay. 
Debris-free oceans, everybody. Get involved and do your part. Thank you so much. Awesome, thank you so much. I really appreciate everything you've done for the city of Miami. It's great.